Sports and the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Let's go! Presenting the world's only business school without the BS with optometrist and entrepreneur Dr. Robert Zellner and the Forest Small Business Administration Entrepreneur of the Year in your ear, Clay Clark. It's the Thrive Time Show on Talk Radio 1170. Three, two, one. Oh, boom, 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 and boom. Welcome back inside your room. Thank you so much for allowing us to rejoin you. Thank you for giving us a moment of your schedule. Thank you for allowing us to penetrate the audio force field that surrounds your office with the positive and always encouraging and practical uh, business coach experience we like to provide you. And again, thank you for tuning in here to Talk Radio 1170. My name is Clay Clark. I'm the former US SBA Entrepreneur of the Year. I'm the father of five human kids. I try to balance things like picking my kids up at Camp Canacuck and uh, uh, getting my kids to ballet and making a profit, growing businesses. And I've been able to do very well in the the world of business, and uh, so I've been asked to uh, host this show, and I know specifically that this show is what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I am here on the show today um, specifically to help you, and I know somebody's listening today, and you find yourself um, being, um, you know, steered the wrong direction, Marshall. You find yourself being pulled, and the people around you are not. You know, uh, entrepreneurship's maybe not turning out to be the what you thought it was going to be. You know, entrepreneurship's a little different than maybe how you thought it would be. Marshall, for people who've never gone down the entrepreneurship path before, um, how is it different from your perspective than maybe the way most people think it should be or could be? Well, I, I, know, th- I know this from firsthand experience. When mm. you go and somebody asks you, well, what do you do? And you say, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, you oh, live with your mother. mother. You're unemployed. Oh, well, so you have a master's degree. Oh, okay. After you're unemployed. You, you have an I, My favorite thing is the you have an entrepreneurship degree. Oh, a degree. A degree so you Okay, nice. It makes sense. And, and so you tell somebody that you're an entrepreneurship and I think this is very telling because you tell somebody that you're an entrepreneur and rather than telling them what it is that you specifically do, that's the telltale You say you're an entrepreneur, which means whatever business that you're currently growing is not maybe taken off yet. Okay. Mm. And so, and that's Mm. not a bad thing, but maybe you haven't uh, learned the systems that you need to grow a business. And so, what I think a lot of people believe that entrepreneurship to be is to be a a self employed business owner. Mm. Okay. But being an entrepreneur is so much more than that. That means that you've actually taken control of your life. You know, Ted Turner uh, is a guy who I started. TBS. I'm sure you've heard about you know TBS, TNT, CNN. That's Ted Turner. Okay. Okay. And Ted Turner says this. He says, "My son is now an entrepreneur." What? That's what you're called when you don't have a job. That's Ted Turner. <laughs> so uh, Ted Turner, you know, and, and I, so if you're listening right now, we don't want you to to struggle, but we want you to embrace what being an entrepreneur is. And that's what we're going to do at our next in-person workshop. By the way, if you come to if you go to thrivetimeshow.com, we're going to teach you the real specific steps you need to do to grow an actual business. So we have so many people that will attend our workshops who own major companies, and they learn the practical action steps they need to grow. And we also have startups that attend. And so, Marshall, I'm going to go ahead and read from my book, Thrive, uh, on page 109 of this book here. I'm going to read, read to you. I want you to kind of break it down for me, okay? This is what an entrepreneur is and what an entrepreneur is not. There's a big difference between being a true entrepreneur and just saying that you want to be an entrepreneur. Due to the access 
I have earned to many of America's top companies and business leaders and success stories. I've had the opportunity to witness numerous successful real entrepreneurs in action. Because I speak and coach businesses all over this great planet, I've had the opportunity to meet countless delusional wannabe entrepreneurs. So the true definition of an entrepreneur, a true entrepreneur is someone who seeks to profitably solve a problem that the world has in exchange for enough monetary compensation to achieve their dreams. Marshall, break that down. A true entrepreneur is someone who seeks to profitably solve a problem that the world has in exchange for enough monetary compensation to achieve their dreams. Now, there's one part about this true definition that is the most important, above the rest of the definition. One part. part. Educate. It is to achieve their dreams. Their dreams. To achieve their dreams. The point of the business, and this is something that we teach at the Thrive Time workshops. But it's unnerving to people. It's unnerving to people, but the purpose of a business is to serve you. You didn't get into the business because you want to create a vast majority of the jobs, but then remain poor yourself. Oh, okay. oh. Uh, you didn't. You didn't get into the business because you wanted to be your own boss and make everybody else happy and be poor. Okay. Mm. The purpose of the business is to help you achieve your dreams. And your that's dreams. important because I think when somebody starts a business, maybe they forget that one uh, concept. Can I tell you the cupcake the story? The cupcake story. You yeah, have a cup- there, there's you have a lady a we worked with in Dallas years ago. Okay. In Dallas, Texas. Dateline, Dallas, Texas. And so what happens is this lady, she's making wedding cakes. I'm talking about sensational Wedding cakes. Marshall, have you ever seen? I mean, you obviously work, worked with me for a while, but I mean, sure. you're, you're talking about those $1,200, $1,500. They're like five layers high and they're just extravagant. People are like, oh my gosh, let me get a photo of that. There's fondant icing on it. And really, it's, it's more artistry at this point. You probably know more about wedding cakes. Than most guys. I used to own a do. wedding cake business as yeah. well. Oh, so, okay. So, so what happens is, is that um, this person though they make great, great wedding cakes. And somebody walked in one day, true story, and they said, "Hey, do you guys have cupcakes?" And she said, "No, we don't. We just have wedding cakes." And they said, "Oh, well, if you had cupcakes, that'd be really fun." And so one day she makes cupcakes. Puts them out there, and people start walking in going, hey, do you have any cupcakes? I do. Wow. They start telling their friends, hey, they've got great cupcakes over here. This is where the cupcakes are. Marshall, do you know how much you can charge people for a cupcake before they scream? I I, I don't know that I'd ever pay for a cupcake. I'd eat a cupcake. I wouldn't pay for one. How much? Sure, do, for, I would uh, never pay for one either. How much before they scream? About $3 to three fifty is the most that most people are willing to pay for a cupcake. Okay. But she set the price at about buck fifty, And at $1.50, do you know how many cupcakes you would have to make to make $100,000 a year? Because you only make about 30 to 40 cents of profit per cupcake. Okay. So you probably got to sell a lot of cupcakes. Yeah. So what happens is her oven gets full mm. with cupcakes. Wow. Her agenda gets full with cupcakes. People are saying... Hey, um, I have a question. Um, my cupcake, uh, it didn't have the, the, the moisture um, that I typically expect. Can I get a refund? She spends her day dealing with, Dr. Z talks about this as the chipmunk mm. philosophy of a lion. A lion cannot survive off of chipmunks. A lion has to eat some real food or it will die. It just cannot survive eating only chipmunks. The energy it would take to find a chipmunk, to kill the chipmunk and eat the chipmunk, is too much for the lion. It would die. And so this lady, I pull her aside, I said, here's the deal. You currently can only do three wedding cakes this weekend because your oven time is spent 
on cupcakes. People yep. have now mass-ordered cupcakes. You're now making thousands, no exaggeration, thousands of cupcakes per week. And as your business coach, as somebody who cares, I'm telling you, you need to stop making cupcakes. And she says, what do you mean? I said, if, if, if you do the math and you add up all the cupcakes you would have to make to make 100000 a year, it's not possible unless you bought a second oven and doubled the size of your team. It's not mathematically possible. You it's can't, a, it, you we're can't arguing with facts. Not my opinion, but uh, we did the math together, and you can't get there. Right, and I said, now, when you make wedding cakes, you typically, you're the one who makes them, but you and your team, uh, after paying your team, you make about $700 of profit per cake. Mm. So if you did three cakes a week, you could shut the store down and work via appointment only and make 100000 which is your stated goal. Right. Or if you keep making cupcakes, you'll never actually get to your goal because you don't have the oven capacity. And do you know what her feedback was? What She gave you feedback. She d- said, d- passionately. But, but, but people, but if I stop doing cupcakes, my core customers aren't going to come back. They're not going to want, if, people want my cupcakes, Clay. People are talking about my cupcakes. And so she decided to change her business. I don't know whether it was an intentional decision or not, but her business began, the focus of her business began to be to serve who, Marshall? Uh... It should be to serve her. But who did the business begin to serve? The customer. And so, therefore, now the business is not serving the owner. It's serving the customers. Now, the customers have endless demands. And the customers start saying, hey, could you be open later on, you know, later during the weekdays? You know, we won't be open until 7 at night. True story. And she says, yeah. And the customer said, could you open up at 10 a.m.? And she says, yeah. And they said, could you do wedding consultations on Sundays? And she says, yeah. And pretty soon the business began to really serve who? The customer. And not her. Yeah. And so that's what happens. It's, 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 it, businesses don't die an immediate death. They die a death of a million compromises. Oh, man. So say, what that, happens is, say, say that one more time. Businesses say it, say don't it. die an immediate death. They die a death of a, medi- of, of a million small compromises. <sighs> So what happens is is that uh, the elephant in the room, the men's grooming lounge we have, it's designed to serve the customer, the man, who's willing to pay $37 for a high-end men's grooming experience. It's kind of like the country club of men's hair. But if we were to adjust our pricing model to compete head-to-head with like sports cuts, we wouldn't be able to offer the high-end experience we offer. That's why we offer you high-end decor, high-end atmosphere, and adult beverage. But if we wanted to switch to like laminate floors and no beer, and we would die a death of a million compromises. We have to focus on our core niche. And if you're listening right now, I, Marshall, I sense there's somebody out there. Um, and I say I sense because I've, I've done so many workshops over the years. I've yet to be in an audience where one person, we have over 50 people in the audience, where one, where there hasn't been somebody who has came up to me and said, this is exactly what I'm dealing with. Marshall, this is a big problem. It's a huge problem and something that's prevalent across entrepreneurship and business ownership in the entire nation. Now, we talked about the true definition of an entrepreneur, but I want to talk about the false definition of an entrepreneur. This is mm. Webster's definition of an entrepreneur. I, I disagree with Webster. He, he says, one who organizes, manages, and assumes the risk of a business or enterprise. Uh, Marshall, do you want to speculate as to why I disagree with Webster? Uh, assumes the risk. It, it sounds like this is all about the negative. It sounds like there's there's no, like, based on this definition, who would want to be an entrepreneur? Well, check this out. The, 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 the true definition, I know it's hard to picture this in your mind because it's a radio show, but a true entrepreneur who's, who is someone who seeks to profitably solve 
a problem that the world has in exchange for enough monetary compensation to achieve their dreams. As an entrepreneur, you're not really an entrepreneur if all you do is organize, manage, and assume the risks of a business. You have to make a profit. Marshall, <laughs> you've got to make a profit. You have got to make a profit. I don't mean to be biblical, but you've got to be a profit. You've got to make a profit. If you don't make a profit, Marshall, if you don't do the three Ps, you're not an entrepreneur. Even I'm going to take it a step further. Oh, come on now. Even the not-for-profit organizations need to make money. They've got to make money. They have to make money. So here are the three Ps. This is how you know if you are in the game, if you are, in fact, an entrepreneur. P number one, are you making a profit? P number two, are you working with people that you like? What if you make a profit but you hate the team you win with? The third is, are you making a product or a service that actually solves problems for people? The three Ps. Are you making a profit? Are you working with people you like? And are you actually making a product or service that solves problem, problems for the people? Marshall, so many people, they get entrepreneurship confused. And they have these different definitions. When I, when I go speak at college campuses, I don't do it so much anymore, but uh, I used to do this all the time, and this is what I keep hearing it, from the college campuses. I hear, this is, if they were to define what an entrepreneur is, they would say, one who works the same reactive 40 hours per week and takes the same amount of sick, the sick days and holidays off as his or her employees, yet expects to make significantly more than the average person simply because they have the title as the owner. And thus, making the loan payments and the lease payments. Marshall, a lot of people believe just by deciding to be self-employed, they deserve to make more money. Now, we come back. We're going to break this down. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty because we're talking today specifically about how you can become a successful entrepreneur right here on the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. Pop, pop, it's Welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, and I am your business coach. Typically, Dr. Robert Zellner joins us here on the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show, but Dr. Z cannot be here today because he's out expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire. And so, Marshall, I looked over, I looked over to my left. Typically on the radio show, I look to my left. That's where he is. He's on the left. I look, I look over, and I noticed he has some big shoes to fill. I mean, he has some big shoes to fill. And so I was thinking about, Marshall, how big are, how big are your shoes? I wear size 15s. Yeah. And so I, I realized, I mean, the guy's you know not quite six feet tall, but I'm thinking, man, that guy's got to be wearing a 15. So we need a guy on the show who can fill his shoes. <laughs> and so we had to find a six foot eight you know, guy. You know, and you know what they say about guys with big shoes? They say they're obviously great business coaches. And they're so great. that's what they say. That's what they say when they get together. Those people say that. You know what they say? And that's what they say when they get together. They say, man, you know, that guy's got some big shoes. Wow, he must be a great business coach. That's what people say. And so, Marshall, we're talking today about what the definition of a true entrepreneur is versus a non true entrepreneur. So break it down, my man. Okay, so 
a true entrepreneur versus a wannabe entrepreneur. And we've gone through a couple definitions, and I I got a feeling we're going to get into some more definitions. I'll break it, Tim. And we talked about it the last segment here, the last segment about uh, the cupcake story. Yeah, got, the cupcake you the, story. Yeah, the cupcake story. And uh, the quote that came to my mind was from T. Boone Pickens. T. Boone Pickens is a billionaire who wrote a book uh, that many people criticized him about called The First Billion is the Hardest to make. <laughs> uh, I loved his book. It's great. He's a geologist turned entrepreneur. Marshall, back to you. And so his quote is, when you are hunting elephants, don't get distracted chasing rabbits. Come on, repeat it again. Okay. When you're hunting elephants, don't get distracted chasing rabbits. And so as a business coach, I, I've worked with a number of different clients, and I've actually had to bring this quote up several times because the client has said, hey, you know, I see I see a, a, a passing opportunity. It could be awesome. We could m really make some real money real fast, you know, doing this thing. But uh, long term, you know, I had to say, hey, maybe is this a good fit or not a good fit? You know, one thing that uh, uh, I would like to share with the Thrive Nation is at thrive15.com and the thrivetimeshow.com, my entire focus for starting the company was to help mentor entrepreneurs and to help you start and grow a successful company. And I'm just going to give you the blunt truth force about it, okay? So let's just give this you some This is the real. candor canon. Yeah, I don't know that a lot of people can, can, could, uh, are going to like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to try to encourage you, and hopefully this is a, a thing that you can kind of marinate on, is uh, uh, I'm sure the people who do get offended are probably listening to the other show right now, oh, so okay. we'll just okay. kind of... But here's the thing is, if you want to hire a graphic designer, a good one, you know, to work and do your graphic design print pieces for you, you've got about four options in Tulsa right now that, in my opinion, make a lot of sense. One, you go out there and hire a great company like Cubic. Great company. And you're going to pay them. You're probably going to pay, you know, $1,500, you know, $2,000 a month to do great work. These are a great company. You know, Hampton Creative, great company, great work. You know, Creative State, great company, great work. You know, and the people who work there, who do the graphic design, Marshall, this is the part people don't like. The people who work at these places, you know, they actually have families and they need to get paid. Ooh. So ooh. you have to pay them, right? And so you end up, so when I started DJ Connection, uh, no exaggeration, no hyperbole, no. Uh, my wife and I would spend, you know, two to $3,000 a month on videography, on graphic design and web design. A, a typical month, about three grand a month, you know, just on uh, the website. You know, our first website we spent about $12,000 on, you know. And then if you ever want to make an update to a print piece or make any changes, you got to hire the guy. You got to get a hold of the guy. You got to get a hold of the guy. Now, because he's not working for you full time, and he might be available, he might not, he might be busy, he might not, you know, and he might be switching jobs, transitioning, because you're the project on the side. Mm. And so we built Thrive 15, the business coaching program. We wanted to make it so affordable that for less money than it would cost you to hire one full time person at $10 an hour, you can have access to the entire marketing team that Dr. Zellner and I use for our companies, you know? I mean, so Marshall-like example, you've made some hot intros to Ooh. some great podcasts for members of the Thrive Nation. That's right. So if you Google, uh, let's go with uh, Tulsa Prolotherapy, and there you find uh, Revolution Health, you're going to find an intro that you made for Dr. That's Chad right. Edwards. That was right. That's a hot one. And you actually, you know, have a, a, a car and a house. You know, you have bills. I, I got I got bills. <laughs> I decided to actually pay you. You know what I mean? To to it was weird. I was like, man, I think I should probably pay this guy. You know, it was probably, it was probably, I probably was intoxicated, and I thought, I mean, I should. I should. One thing I'm going to do this week is I'm going to pay all the people who work here. So what happens is you can't get something for nothing. You can't you can't do that. So what you have to do is you have to pay something 
if you want something. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you have to actually have a transaction. You have to be willing to invest in your business. If you're not willing to invest in your business, then really, are you that passionate about uh, passionate about running a business. And so I don't care who you pay. You've got to <laughs> pay somebody to do the stuff. That's right. Somebody's got to do the stuff. So you got to invest time and money in order to move forward and in your business. And if you're a real entrepreneur, you're going to understand that somebody has to pay somebody to do the stuff. The next definition of an entrepreneur that I keep hearing from the crying, disorganized, let's make the world a better place while I live in a self-imposed poverty people. These people say, one who starts a business without written plans of any kind, without a performa, or any concept of their overall profitability per customer, yet believes that if they work hard enough and give enough of their time and money to the idea, it will eventually make a profit. Why is this a bad thing, to be the altruistic, sacrificing every waking moment of my life? I, I, I think one, one way that people have described uh, this person is a bleeding heart. Right? Bleeding heart. I don't call this person a bleeding heart. I call this a bleeding profit person. Oh, bleeding oh, wallet. A, a bleeding wallet person. And that's what it is. And so we talk about this, but the overflowing cup mentality, yep. you must fill your cup all the way to the brim. And then with all of the excess that is overflowing out of the cup, that is the amount that you can actually give back to other people. Now, here's another definition of an entrepreneur that's not correct. The definition of an entrepreneur that I keep hearing from the perpetually deeply in debt, holy crap, I had better sell something right now while I'm talking to you people. One who buys things to write them off for their business, whether they need them or not. Marshall, educate us. So I, I actually knew this guy. I, always, I, I knew this guy, and he wanted to be a DJ. He saw me DJing up in college, and he took out a student loan in order to finance his DJ company that was going to be built alongside of me. And so what he did is he took out this student loan. And I kid you not. Kid you not. I kid you not. Rather than buy the DJ equipment he needed to compete against me, he buys like $3,000 worth of pot. I kid you not. This seems like a good idea. This seems so like this a good like idea. A, this is a great idea. I'm taking notes. So okay. You're saying if I want to beat your DJ company, I should buy DJ equipment. What? But he chose not to do that. Now, I'm not saying that people are listen that are listening to this. No, no, no. No, 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 no. They would never do this. But not these listeners. But maybe they have a friend or a family member who listens that, to the other station. That listens to the other station that is not buying pot, but spending money on things that are not their business. That is the point. Oh, Thrive Nation. Now, if you are wanting to know the definition of a true entrepreneur, you're not going to want to miss out to today's show. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Everything rides on tonight Even if I got three strikes I'ma go for it This moment we own it eh? I'm not to be played with Because it could get dangerous I made a mixtape in my dorm room I can't believe this It doesn't seem true I won't stop though Till everybody knows that Started from the bottom, now we here Started from the bottom, now we here. Started from the bottom, now we here. 
Started from the bottom, now we here. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show. On your radio, Marshall had to head out. Marshall Morris, one of the Thrive Time business coaches, he had to head out there. And so filling in, we have a guest that never fails to impress. It's Steve Currington with uh, Total Lending Concepts. Steve, can you explain to the good folks of Tulsa what it is that you do? I do home loans. You want to buy a house, I do the financing. You do, do. you do home loans. Now, yeah. how long have you been doing home loans? So several minutes, several weeks, several yeah. years? Last week, yeah. No, no seriously, how long, have you, how long have you been doing it? I've been doing this since about, two, about 12, 13 years now. Now, here's something. We're talking today about what is entrepreneurship, what it is and what it's not. What right. is entrepreneurship? Right. And I'm going to tee up a scenario for you real quick, okay? Have you ever had somebody come to you and say, because they'll see the Lamborghini, Right. right. You're, you're, you drive the Lamborghini. What color is that Lamborghini for anybody who maybe has spotted a Lamborghini and is thinking, is that him? What color? Green. It might be green, like the color of money. Neon green. Yeah. Well, they call it Verde Mantis. It's the neon technical. green, just <laughs> like your logo, just like right. your website, just like... Just like everything. And what's your website, by the way? It's stevecurrington.com. So you're going to Quick Trip, and you're, you're pumping gas. You know, you're pumping gas in the Lamborghini. By the way, does that thing take gas, or is it powered by nuclear energy? How do you power that thing? Uh, it takes uh, gas and ego. And uh, gas and ego. <laughs> nice, nice. And humbleness. And humbleness. Okay. Yeah. Now, <laughs> let me add to balance out the ego. Now, how many... Um, miles to a gallon does that thing get? I, I have no idea. Okay, so you're, you're filling the car up with gas, and do people ever ask you, like, what do you do for a living? I mean, what, 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 what typical questions? I want to know, if you pump gas, what percentage of the time does somebody ask you a question about the, the, the Lamborghini? What percentage of the time does that question happen? Every single time. Really? Like, and what kind of questions do they ask? They ask the same questions. So it's tell like, us the same. Hey, and you, by the way, you got to eat that microphone, by the way. It's a, that's oh, a directional sorry. mic. It, it doesn't pick I up the to, whole area. I have, not, to I have to talk It's not an omnidirectional it. mic. So to, yeah. tell us, what what questions do they ask you every time? So, you know, what what's funny is people will say, hey, man, they kind of get they get real close. and they're Oh, like, yeah. Hey. Hey. Um, hey, bud. I have a kind of a different question. Kind of a unique one. Yeah, it's different. And kind of a they, zinger. And then they ask me the same question that everybody asks every time, which is uh, maybe like, how much does it cost? How much does a Lamborghini cost? Google. Okay. That's I mean, the answer. I mean, okay. Well, I'm, I mean, it I'm, depends I'm, on what Lamborghini you get. What kind of Lamborghini do you have? So, you know, I, I got a Lamborghini Huracan, and I mean, they cost Huracan? The, how do you spell that? It's like H-U-R-A-C-A-N. H-U-R-A-C-A-N. A-C-A-N. And it's Lamborghini? Yeah. Lamborghini. And so, you know, okay. the, the brand new. Which what mine, year? What mine's year? A, mine's a 2017. Okay, so, okay. I'm, I'm so, looking this up while you're so talking. People, so people come up and they ask, like, how much it is? And I'm like, dude, Google it. I mean, do you go up to anybody and just ask them, you know, like, do you go up to anybody and ask them, oh, dude, how much does your car cost? So, you know, it's just, it's a little bit. It's a $203,000 car, Steve. Well, base. Yeah. <laughs> so it depends. All and right. that's the thing. It's like people don't know stuff. So you're like, well, is the four-wheel drive? It's a two-wheel okay, drive. Now, real quick. Kind of now, if you sell a mortgage, okay, this is so people understand how it works. If somebody buys a mortgage, you know, they want to get a mortgage to buy a house, you make commissions. Right. And what kind of commission do you make? You make 1%, you make half a percent, 2%. What's got, what kind of commission are you making? I, I make good percentages. I, I mean, mean, as I a mean, company, we, we make, you know, they... 1% and half a percent. I mean, come on. Just give it. Come right. on. Come on. <laughs> 
It's a couple bucks. Okay, so it's uh, enough to buy a Lamborghini. Okay, so I'm saying is you so yeah, this is what so I'm saying. So so many people see the car and they say, I want the car. And this is usually how they do it. Hey man, I, I feel like I want to be a mortgage guy, you know? I mean, right. if that's what you're doing, I mean so this is what we're talking about today. So everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, right? Right. But this is what entrepreneur is, and this is what entrepreneurship is not. So here's what entrepreneurship is not. What I keep hearing from the ultra religious people. I'm sure not our listeners, but here we go. Right. By the way, Thrivers, I am a Christian, and at times you need to remind me because I'm 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 a new Christian. You know, my son was born blind. I switched teams. <laughs> right. But before that point, I, I was not a consistent member of the team. I wasn't even on the team. Didn't believe in the team. You know. But now he's no longer blind. That's right. So he, so my yeah, son can see, and I switched teams. So this is what it's, this is what the the, it's, the definition of the entrepreneur that I keep hearing from the ultra religious. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I've got to five. I've I've got I've got I've gone to these five prosperity conferences and three millionaire business conferences in a row. And now I just joined my seventh multi-level marketing business, but I know this one's going to be it people. Uh, Steve, for somebody who's like, man, I'm just going to conference conferences. And I believe that, that God wants me to be successful. That, that may be true, but at the end of the day, you have to do some work, right? As a mortgage guy, I mean, you can't just have a belief that God wants you to be successful. I mean, ultimately, you have to do some work. Well, I'm a Christian as well, and uh, like the secret to my success is I just I get up real early every morning and I just pray, and then I don't do anything. Yeah, you just pray, and, and the money just comes in. It's like the, the yeah. money comes. So, exactly, but I think a lot of people think that. They're like, well, God's going to provide, and I'm not doubting that God's going to provide. My God shall supply all my needs, right. according God, to Steve Riches. And <laughs> but God also supplied with you two feet and two hands and a brain for you to go use to make money. To my be able God shall supply all my hands. Oh, that doesn't seem like a good yeah. song. So I have to work? Yeah, you got to go plow the fields, bro. Proverbs I mean, 10, 4 says, God blesses the hand of the diligent and punishes the slackered. People don't like that part. So, Steve, what kind of work do you do on a daily basis? I mean, do you, what time are you waking up? I mean, right, right now, what time do you typically get into the building? Uh, I usually get in somewhere between about 5 and 5.15. Who beats you to the office? I know it irritates you. Who's usually already here? Jonathan always beats you <laughs> to the office, but he didn't beat me today. Really? Did you see the video? You beat him? I beat him. No. So, you know what I did? Just, oh. just to, you know what I did? Just That's so good. Him? What would you do? I parked in his spot. You did? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, he always parks in the same spot. So, uh, me and Ethan, my, my son, who does SEO here, I make he comes in with me because he rides with me. And I'm like, well, you got to get there early, bro. Your son does search engine optimization. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, you beat John today. I beat him today. I did a little video for him. Nice. And then he pulled up as I was getting out of the car, and I was like, too late, sucker. I That's impressive. Spot. You know, John's getting more efficient over time. He's starting to sleep into, like, what, yeah. 520? Yeah. Yeah. He I mean, got- which means he woke up, like, at 430. You know? Right. Yeah. Nice. Oh. Nice. Now, so, so Thrive Nation, again, this is this is what the definition of an entrepreneur is not. I keep hearing from the I'm really dense and I won't read a book or work for a boss ever because I know everything and I own a business. There's people out there who feel like, you know what? I don't read books, nor do I take feedback from people. I'm unwilling to learn the system, but because I own a business, I know everything. Just this week, I dealt with a doctor in Florida. Right. And doctor in Florida, if you know who you are, because you had that talk, you said to me today, you, you know what you said to me. You said to me, you said, I'm sorry. You're right. I do have to get Google reviews and I do have to call my leads every day to convert people. Right. And I said, we're good. But forever he was like, I know, I know. 
Trust me, I know. And you know what, Steve? He wasn't getting Google reviews. Right. And he wasn't calling his leads. Now, why are Google reviews so important for the people in Tulsa? Right now, Tulsa, I encourage you to take the challenge. Google Tulsa Mortgages, right, Steve? Tulsa yep. Mortgages. Or Tulsa Mortgage. Or Tulsa one. Mortgage. And you're going to find what? Total Lending Concepts. And Steve, why are Google reviews so important? Why are they so important? Well, they're important for your ranking in Google because Google looks at a lot of different stuff. And I've learned that um, from being a, a I, I thought I knew a few things, you know, about about uh, AdWords and the way Google works. But I've learned a lot by hanging around with you guys. And all here's all I know. You know, I'm not like a genius about this, but I'm just like Clay said, go record your podcast and get a bunch of content. That's good. So we did that. Go get a whole bunch of reviews. So we went and got a whole bunch get of reviews. Get the reviews. Get right? the reviews. And then he said, I'm going to build the website and I'll take care of the rest of it. All right, cool. So we did that. And then we're now on page one, number one and number two in Google. And so then all we're trying to do, Clay, is go duplicate that across the nation. every market. When we come in. back, we're going to talk more about the expansion of Total Ending Concepts, where you're growing, and maybe some of the challenges. Stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Could write you a song to make you fall in love. I would already have you up under my arm. I used up all of my tricks. I hope that you like this, but you probably won't. You think you're cooler than me. You got designer shades just to hide your face, and you wear them around like you're cooler than me. And you never say hey or remember my name, and it's probably cause you think you're cooler than me. Oh, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show, where we have the coolest listeners in the world, including Mike Posner. Mike Posner, how you doing, buddy? That was Mike Posner right there. Mike Posner, great songwriter, great American. And Steve Currington right here. He's he's a great American. No one no one's cooler than Steve Currington. No one's cooler than you listeners. If you're listening right now, I just want you to smile for a minute. And it's okay. I just think, I want you to when you think about yourself. I just want you to hug yourself because I, I, I'm Steve. I mean, have you seen any more beautiful listeners than the Thrive Nation? No, I got a snapshot that you showed me on the World Wide Web on the dub dub dub. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, man, those are beautiful people. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Now, Thrive Nation, we're talking today specifically about what entrepreneurship is and what it is not. And one thing it is not is just having an idea, Steve. People have idea festivals. Oh, oh my gosh. Terrible. Oh my gosh. We're going to start a mortgage company and it's going to go viral. We're going to start a mortgage company. It's going to be huge. We're going to start a mortgage company. It's going to be, it, it's going to be, Clay, you don't understand the way we're going to do it. It's going to be the fastest loans. Meanwhile, Steve over there at Total Ending Concepts, you are executing the proven systems. So yeah. let's, let's go ahead and talk about the growth of Total Ending Concepts, because this last week, I think it was uh, seven days ago, eight days ago, Yeah, what happened? You opened up in a new, uh, is it a new city, new yeah, state? We went, we went to Katy, Texas, which is just to the, uh, I guess, the west of Houston, Texas, so down there in the Texas state. And uh, when you were down there, did you get a chance to uh, see uh, 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 Harden? Did you go see James Harden no. down there? No, I'm still mad at him. And if you did go down there, you'd never see James Harden play defense. You'd just see what? You know? I'd see him. I'd see him run up and down. And if he do could stuff, use his beard no to play defense, maybe right. he could do that. But uh, James Harden, if you don't know who James Harden is, he's a former Oklahoma uh, City Thunder basketball player, notorious for not playing defense and for playing exclusively offense. So, what kind of things are you doing right now to grow? I mean, what if the, if the listeners are out there saying, okay? I have a business, and I want to know specifically, okay, we're talking about what entrepreneurship is. What kind of things, let's just talk about your marketing, because you could probably have a three-legged marketing stool, a four-legged marketing stool. What are the things that you're doing on a daily basis 
as it relates to marketing to get new customers in to Total Ending Concepts? Well, we're, we do a lot of search engine optimization to get us top of Google. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is we, in, we, we set up a system, uh, right? Because you have to have a system for us, to get, oh. for us to get Google reviews. Let's time out real quick here. One, you're saying people are using the Google? Oh, yeah. Yeah, people actually go to the dub dub dub. You think people you actually use Google to find a mortgage? Uh, absolutely. Do you have yes. people that ever call and say, hey, I found you on Google? Yes. Uh, ever? I mean, honestly, isn't it all word of mouth? No. Isn't no, it mostly relationship? Yeah, that's what everybody says. As a business coach, I wanna, I wanna, I'm, I'm, tired of, I'm tired of the BS zone. You're saying that people actually use Google to find the products and services that they are looking for? That's correct. They use uh, probably a lot of times the uh, Google app on their iPhone. And I know, go a, to I know a lot of people, a lot of people who are business owners, Steve, and they say, you know, because I'm a dentist, people don't use Google. People don't use Google to find a lawyer. They, they don't look do for a referral. Oh, it's just all referral-based. Steve, argue with the listener who maybe feels like that. Well, I, I'm sure that you get some referrals, but just like Clay said, having a three-legged marketing stool means that you're not dependent on one thing because I think with a lot mm. of business owners – because I spend a lot of time here at Thrive, so I see them. They all come in. They have the same story that, oh, you don't understand my business. You my don't business understand my business. It's so different. It's so different for me. <laughs> and it's not. It's exactly the same as mine. Mm. You just sell a different widget. And people put all their eggs in one basket because they don't want to do the uncomfortable, I think. Is oh, what now, Steve, according to Adweek, what's Adweek? Adweek is the number one authority for measuring ad Statistics and Effectiveness, Adweek. It's the number one authority in the world for measuring the effectiveness of ads. They are like, uh, as Forbes is to measuring and, and, and featuring actual stories of real business owners, Adweek is the authority, the absolute authority in the world of advertising. And this is a little statistic that they said, and I'll read this to you, Steve, and I want you to just kind of marinate, kind of break it down a little bit, okay? 81% okay. of shoppers conduct online research before making a purchase. 81%. Now, of those 81%, 61% read reviews before filling out a form. 61. Steve, that seems like six and one. That's 61. Yeah, that's more than half. Now, what does the word percent mean? I guess it means per century. So 61 out of 100 read reviews. So, Steve, how do you get reviews? How do you get your customers to write reviews over at Total Ending Concepts? What do you do? Do, you, I mean, do, do, you, do they just naturally write reviews? Are they people waking up every day going, hey, man, oh, man, my mortgage, dude, it it, pay, it went through. <laughs> I bought the house. <laughs> man, I, I, sorry, guys, I cannot go bowling tonight. I've got to write for some reviews. Right. No, that absolutely does not happen. Oh. Uh, what happens is like on day six of us starting their, their thing, I call them and I say, hey, you did that review yesterday, right? And they're like, no. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, because I didn't ask you. So here's what we do. We ask for the reviews. But you, you, you call them kind of we, in a sing-songy way where you go, hey, dude, write a review. That's exactly right. And they're like, why are you singing like, to what? me? No, I have it on my email signature where it says go check out our reviews. I have it. Uh, it's in their face. No, 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 email no. Blast. Hey, dude. <laughs> yeah, do a review. And then we put we incentivize our customers right mm. by giving them something. I don't tell you what we oh, give, we them, give something them something to, to give yeah. us reviews. 
so honest reviews. You actually ask real wait, wait a minute, man. Because if this starts to catch on, man, there's gonna be people all over the world, man, who are gonna be starting to use the Google, man. So I, just I, know. Know. I don't want my competitors. No, man, to figure before it out. wait a second, before before you're out there spilling this information, before you're spilling the beans, I wanna make sure you understand you're just giving America right now the keys to the nuclear weapons. Man. You know I don't care though. <laughs> you know I totally don't care. Well, I don't why don't you care, man? Because they're not gonna do it. Wait. Because <laughs> they <laughs> won't. Okay. You're out there listening. You're like, oh, I got all Steve's moves, and then like in a week, moves. in a week, you're gonna be like, mm. I didn't get any reviews. Okay, now the second, what's another move, man? You're doing to get some customers in there. Are you, are you, are you doing the the whole megaphone up and down the street? Mar- get a mortgage, get a mortgage. I mean, what are you doing? Are you are you heckling people? Are you are you doing a lot of? Are you putting your name on koozies? How are you getting more customers? No, we are. Uh, we do a, a what we call a dream 100, which is uh, super move from the book. The ultimate uh, sales machine. Ultimate sales machine by Chet Holmes, and we we do our Dream One Hundred, uh, which for us being in the mortgage business, we target realtors and builders and people that were in front of our uh, ideal and likely buyers. And do you say realtors like real, like authentic tours? What is a realtor? Yeah, they sell houses. They oh, do the, this they just sell. in. They sell houses. Continue. Yeah. So so we work that Dream One Hundred list, and we're very diligent about that in all of our markets, and we just we have a rule. That uh, you remember this rule we call till they cry, buy or die. Cry, buy or die. Now, Thrive Nation, I'm going to give you a notable quotable coming in hot from Chet Holmes, the best-selling author of The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you want to know, well, why do I care about Chet Holmes? Why do I care about? Well, Chet Holmes is the former partner of Charlie Munger. Now, now, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, Steve, but are you into Charlie Munger? Do you know a lot about the Charlie Munger? Yeah, I know something about the Charlie Munger because he um, was Chet. No, he was the partner of... He he is the, the partner right now of Warren Buffett. Well, Warren Buffett, that's right. And, yeah. you know, Warren Buffett, here's the deal. Warren Buffett, you know, he's he's a, he's a generous guy. He's a, this guy's a sharer. But right now, Warren Buffett, according to Forbes, is worth one point... Sorry, $76.6 billion, according to Forbes. That's Warren Buffett. And he says, uh, Charlie, what, Warren? Charlie, what, Warren? I found $1.4 billion in my couch. You can have this. Right. So he gave him 175th or 76th of his wealth. So Charlie Munger is his right-hand man. This is the guy who runs a lot of the operations for Berkshire Hathaway. They've been together for a long time. He's worth $1.48 billion. Out. Which seems like he's struggling in comparison to Ch- to uh, Warren Buffett's seventy six billion. Do you think Warren is like I'm seventy six times the man you are? <laughs> well, he's, he's a pretty humble guy, but he does really dominate financially. Right. And Warren said, "This is this is what Chet Holmes said." Now, Chet Holmes is the partner of Charlie Munger. He says this. He says about three percent of potential buyers at any given time are buying now. Now. Now, 7% of the population is open to the idea of buying. The remaining, the remaining 90% fall into one of these three categories. The top third are not thinking about it. The next third are thinking that they're not interested. And the final third are definitely not interested. Now, Steve, you've been very, very consistent marketing to the real tours in Tulsa, the realtors. Uh, so so how, how often do you have to stay in touch with the realtors to convince them to start, you know, referring mortgages your way? Well, we have to hit them a lot. You know, we even after you uh, call them until they cry by or die and they finally meet with you, then you have to stay on top of them 
on a regular basis by dropping off items and, and just standing in front of their face because you want to be top of mind. Now, Thrive Nation, my name is Clay Clark. I am a business coach, and you're listening to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. When we come back, we're going to talk more about what entrepreneurship is and what it is not. Stay tuned. Thrive Time Show on your radio. Right, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, people, welcome to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. Many of you could be at Oklahoma Joe's right now. Some of you could be in the lobby of Regent Bank. Some of you could be in the drive-thru of Regent Bank, messing around with that tube. You know that cool tube? That tube where you, you put the checks in the tube and you and it sends it down that chute and it's like a... It's, it's like an Olympic event almost when you send the... Steve, have you ever used the, the, the tube at Regent Bank where you... Or, or any other bank? Have you ever got a sucker where the lady's nice and she says, sure, I'll throw in a sucker for you and your child. I mean, have you ever done that? The, <laughs> yeah. the, the tube's impressive. Yeah, it is. Last time I went to Regent, they gave me the whole boxes of suckers. It was awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm asking you this just truthfully. Did they give you suckers at Regent Bank? Did you get? I mean, just did you get any suckers at all? I mean, was this? I mean, was this? Was this? Were you joking around, or did they really give you all the suckers? Because Sean's listening, you know, the the head of Regent Bank, and he audits occasionally, making sure that the company's not giving away all the suckers at at one time. You know, Sean. Sean's going. I don't want the tellers giving away all the suckers to one customer, and so I'm just asking you. I mean, is that is that something? I don't know if it was Regent Bank, but it's mm. the only bank I know of. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, now, Thrive Nation, if you've not been over to Regent Bank, they've got some of those great uh, bank shoots. You don't see a lot of banks promoting their their bank shoot. What do you call that thing? The bank shoot where you put it's like a tube and you it's a plastic like a container. It's like tubes. It's like a pill. Know. You open up the pill. You open up the 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 fuselage right of the, of, the, of that bank banking vehicle. And you, do you like hitting the button like I do? I love it going, and I know the lady on the other end gets that tube. I like hitting the button and hitting the call button like over and over. And then when they ask you like, what do you need? You'll say, oh, I'm sorry. I I didn't, I didn't mean to. I roll up the window and act like I don't hear them. Yeah. (laughs) One thing to do with, one thing that's kind of fun too is to go into Taco Bueno and to modulate your voice so you sound like you're going through a recorder. You know, so because typically when you call, they say, welcome to Taco Bueno. And so if you do that to them, uh, yeah, I would like to order a bean burrito. It's it's so far distorted they can't hear. And then if right. you and if you actually will say things that aren't actually things, it's fun to see them try to interpret interpret that. Yeah, if you ever get in a doom loop on YouTube, Thrivers, then you go look up drive through pranks, and they're just they're so much fun. Like this as an example, there's a burrito. You could say burrito, but if you say, I'd like to get two burritos. Like burritos, <laughs> <laughs> so they're saying burritos, and it's not a, a food. You know what I mean, I'm serious. These are moves I've I've done. Here's a th- here's a fun. Or a Devito instead of a taquito. You go up and you say, "Yeah, let me get," and then don't say anything else. Right. And they're like, "What? What was that? What?" It, and you just do it until you finally pull up, and then they goes, "You never ordered anything." <laughs> they're like, "Did you not hear me? Let me get." These are <laughs> these are fun games, and these are these drivers. This is not what today's show is about. Today's show is all about entrepreneurship and what it is and what it isn't. Now, Thomas Edison says that genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Right. 1% right. inspiration and 99% perspiration. So, my friend, the faster that you can fully grasp that as an entrepreneur, 
You have to be proactive, hardworking, and knowledge-seeking. You, that's how you have to do it. If you're going to be a successful entrepreneur, you've got to be proactive, hardworking, and knowledge-seeking. You have to solve big problems. And it, once you understand that that's what that, that means to be an entrepreneurship, to be an entrepreneur, then you're going to be fine. But if, you are no, if you're not okay with solving big problems and being hardworking and being proactive, it's not going to work for you. So, Steve, let's, let's, let's hone in on this next, this next concept of the, the entrepreneurship, what entrepreneurship is not. This is the casino entrepreneur. This is the entrepreneur who says, you know what, I got this new idea, let's just roll the dice and see what happens. Right. Steve, why is this an, an issue? Why is this an issue? I mean, you, you see this, you've met people at the Chamber of Commerce before, you've met people right. at different networking groups who are picking the idea of the month and they're just going to throw money at it to see what happens. Why is that a problem? Well, most of the time, I mean, I'm not saying always, but most of the time they don't have any measurement to determine whether it works or not. And they're just, we talked about this uh, either earlier today or yesterday about boredom. Boredom. You know, people just get bored. Hey, if you, I was telling somebody this today, if you get on that roof and nail nails, like you like make, make a dollar every time you nail a nail. Absolutely. And then you're like, oh, dude, I figured this out. I got a nail gun. Now I can, now I can nail like more nails. Oh, man, it's huge. But one day, I don't know, maybe three months, maybe three years. One day. The guy's like, man, you know thinking i don't have to nail any more nails because i have this other thing i can do man like, I, i'll dude, tell you man i don't need to nail nails anymore man i, I put i put several nails in every every roof and i've moved on now i'm doing a new idea yeah I'm they going do. to the new place and you're like dude if you just get on that roof and just do that thousand nails a day you make like 800 million bucks like no i don't like doing that anymore. no man i don't want to make a hundred thousand i'd rather exchange the guaranteed hundred thousand for Potential millions, but uh, do you got any change? I need, I need that change to pay that toll. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's that kind of mindset. Now, Thrive yeah. Nation. One thing that I encourage everyone to do out there, if you're listening right now, if you're trying to discover what an entrepreneur, what an entrepreneur is, and what it isn't, I encourage you to book your tickets for our next in-person two-day Thrive Time Business Coach Workshop. It is an absolute. Game changer, but Steve, I'm trying to sell them something. You've been to these. Can you explain to the Thrivers what it what it is like? I mean, just maybe let's describe what does it physically look like when they get here to the Thrive15.com World Headquarters. Well, I think you'll. I really like the World Headquarters, which is why I spend so much time here. But it's like uh, imagine a gigantic open space, and then the the conference area. They just have tables set up to where you can sit, you know, in front of these giant whiteboards and Huge big screen. You're sitting at a around. desk. You're not like crammed yeah. in there. Yeah, you're sitting at a desk. You're not sitting. What in kind there. of decor is it that makes the people want more? What are they surrounded by? Well, you're surrounded by uh, quotes. Clay maybe went a little crazy uh, one night and wrote, you know, chalk all over the entire building with really cool. Quotes. I do add. I do add. Just eat about one or two a week. <laughs> right. He adds, and there's a couple of them that were like painted in because he's like, no one will ever erase these. Mm, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, it, it's good. And I've been to, as I've mentioned before, I've been to. Probably the last three workshops because every time I go, there's different questions that are asked. You know, we had the intern who actually we the intern started working here as a result of going to the workshop. John Tom, yeah, two names, one vision. Yeah, good John dude Tom just left at you know like six something here or uh, in the morning because he realized like, going to college in Chicago. I think it's Chicago. Did he, did, he, did he go to college in Chicago? Is it Chicago or is it is it somewhere else? I don't remember. I think it's Chicago, but they're not teaching search engine in the school, Steve. No. Which leads me to my next point. Right. This is the deal here, Thrive Nation. You got to find out if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you got to find out what you don't know. And this is Martin Luther King Jr. talking to you. This is not me talking to you. Right. Steve, I'm going to read this to you, and I don't want you to get offended, but I'm going to read it to you. Here we go. 
Nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. Oh, Whoa. nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity from page 109 of the Thrive Book. Steve, when somebody's out there, okay, this is an example. John Tom realized at college, <laughs> everything they're teaching at this workshop, no one's taught me. They don't teach this at college. This is not what they teach at college. At college, it's, they don't teach this. Oh, no. It's like theory. So he's going, I need to learn digital marketing. So he said, I can't, you know, I'm not in a place in my life where I can afford maybe a business coach. Could I intern there? Talk about the maturity of that when you recognize that you don't know anything and you want to, I mean, the, the maturity to say, I don't know. I mean, right. why is that? Why is why is it so important for everyone to get out to a workshop and to figure out what they don't know? Well, because I think a lot of people hang out. I call it uh, from my business, original business coach, Dr. Steve, Steve Green taught me, is the unconscious incompetence of the thing that you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of people just like to live there, you know, like, well, I just don't know what I don't know, but they... I don't know what I don't know, man. And so they're unconsciously incompetent. So let me give you an example. So they got to move out of that area. You know, as a young, as a young entrepreneur, uh, I seem to have a real gift for doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. It was kind of my move, you know. And I had this secondary gift for doing the right things at the wrong time. Right. You know, so to illustrate my well. point, uh, here's an example of something dumb that I did day after day for nearly six months before somebody finally had the courtesy and the candor to point out just how stupid my actions were. So one of my first companies I started was called djconnection.com. And at djconnection.com, we specialized in, in delivering basically this high-quality entertainment for weddings. And our, our chief buyers and ideal customers were women. This just in. Women, Steve, were booking their weddings, high class not women. the grooms. The clients, these high-class women I was going after, were routinely spending 25000 on their wedding. So I targeted my marketing to them with an intensity that was unmatched. And in hours and hours after cold calling these registered brides who we purchased their lists from big-box stores... When I finally did reach them, I would always suggest, I'd say, hey, hey uh, yeah, so why don't we go ahead and set up an appointment, and we'll go ahead and meet for lunch at McDonald's to discuss our services since I did not have an office. Now, if suggesting meeting someone at, at McDonald's wasn't odd enough, I actually was always dressing like Eminem, you know, the, 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 the Caucasian sensation rapper, <laughs> and I always wore this Wu-Tang, I always wore Wu-Tang Clan shirts. And I didn't have a website, and my business cards looked like I had made them myself on an inkjet printer because I did. did. <laughs> right. And I had the then I had the hoop earrings. So I'm meeting. So Steve, imagine this: you're meeting somebody at McDonald's who's wearing hoop earrings, a Wu Tang shirt, a lugs the lugs boots, and we're at McDonald's to discuss booking the wedding for your bride to be. How's that going to go over? No, I don't think so. I mean, not if they're spending 25000 They probably don't eat at McDonald's, so they probably don't even want to be in there. Uh, and see, that's the thing. It's on a people, Steve. We're in a time in, in American culture right now where even saying McDonald's kind of has the feel as though you've gone into, like, an adult store. Right. So you're telling somebody, you go, hey, um, so where'd you go eat lunch? And you go, I went to McDonald's. And people are like, oh. <gasps> People are now parking it's away. It's not real meat. People are now parking blocks away from McDonald's. Right. They're entering through the rear, Steve. They're going in through the rear. They want the blinds up. They're wearing like a hoodie to cover their eyes. They walk in there in the in the middle of the night going, I just want those fries. 
Right. I just want those fries. And it's gotten to a point where it's becoming so awkward to tell people that you did go to McDonald's. Some people are asked, where did you go eat? And they go, I went to the adult store. Right. And they're like, oh, that's at least you go do she didn't go to McDonald's. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like you go to McDonald's, bro. I mean, it's so I mean, Steve, that, that was a wealth repellent. And you know, I didn't even know I was doing it. Right. I didn't even know it was a problem. I didn't even know it was a move. And then what happened is, is that Clifton Talbert, the guy who introduced the Stairmaster, who's a best-selling author, whose life's been made into a movie but called Once Upon a Time When We Were Colored, he said, he goes, Hey, hey, you know, you can't get paid like a boss. And dress like an idiot until you're the boss. And I'm going, well, wait a minute. He said, you can't dress like an idiot and get paid like the boss. And I just remember going, what are you saying? Are you saying I dress like an idiot? And so I had to change my change my whole wardrobe. You know, you know, you know Daryl. Ba- like on a side note, you know Daryl Baskin. Right? Oh, Daryl, ba- he's a beautiful man. Good dude. He gr- so just I glorious. Did, I did Daryl's TV show. Like oh, you way did back like in two thousand eight. Really? Wow. And I remember recording the very first time at one of his listings. You know, and he kind of dropped me the whole, "Hey man, where do you uh, where do you get your suits?" Mm. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's the place over there. It's like one fifty. You get two of them." And so Daryl, like in a very sly way, kind of like not like as direct as Clifton, he was like, I need to introduce you to my guy. And I figured it out like a year later that Daryl was basically saying, your suits look like crap. If you're going to be on my TV show, you need to dress a little bit better. Now, Thrive Nation, that is a a little uh, dressing for success tip from Steve Currington. Now, if you're listening right now to the Thrive Time Show, today's entire show is all about what what entrepreneurship is about and what it's not about, what being an entrepreneurship is and what it isn't. And so we're going to be diving deeper into it when we come back. And Dr. Robert Zellner is not on the show today because he's out expanding his vast entrepreneurial empire. And as an optometrist turned entrepreneur, he wants me to inform you that as America's most humble business coach, that we are inviting you to our next in-person workshop. We're sold out for June. Get out to the one in July. Go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets. Go to thrivetimeshow.com to book your tickets for our next in-person Thrive Time workshop. My name is Clay Clark. You're listening to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show. It's a glorious, illustrious day. We are here today. Many of you are enjoying Oklahoma Joe's right now. Many of you are trying to put down your baked beans and your ribs to pay attention to this incredible show. And you're asking yourself, what are you guys talking about today? What are you talking about? We're talking about today. It's what it's like to be an entrepreneur, what a real entrepreneur is like and what it's not like. And so I'm going to go ahead right now and ask the Thrivers four tough questions, Steve, and I want you to help me sort it out, okay? So question number one, in what areas are you totally shooting yourself in the foot without realizing it? So, Steve, think about your younger self. I mean, now you're, you know, you're, you know, you, I mean, you look, you look like you're 27, you look 23, be honest, 26. Yeah. So you're looking 26. How well, old are you 26 though? and a half. How old are you now? I mean, like in real life? Yeah, real life. So uh, uh, 38. 30, nice. But you look, you look 20. Did I say 22? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty basically 
Are you talking about how I act? No, I'm saying I... you 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 act like you're 70, but with great hearing, <laughs> right. a lot of focus, <laughs> right. a lot of maturity, a lot of health. Right. Great. But a, but a prior Steve. But you look like you're younger 20s. Yeah. But when you were talking to your like 15, I mean, when you first started in business, when you first right. started in the mortgage business, what areas were you shooting yourself in the foot? Where you could, if you could go back to your younger self and say, younger self, straighten it out. I mean, come just stop. We just stop doing the. I mean, what were some? Remember what was maybe a thing or a couple things you did that were just dumb? Well, a, a big piece was was basically not managing my time appropriately, and the way that I would do that. You know, we do the Dream One Hundred now. Back in the day, I did the Dream Whoever. The Dream Whoever. And I would buy these four by six flyers. I found this place out of out of Florida that would print a five thousand of them. Come on for now, like one hundred twenty five. Come on bucks. now, big perm. They design them for seventy five bucks and they ship them for forty. So I was in for two hundred forty bucks. That's two hundred forty thousand flyers. Oh man, that's huge. So full color, full color, double baby. sided, but double sided, four by six. full color. I mean. So I would drive around, drive around all over town because it's only two hundred forty dollars. And I would go to every real estate office. You pass them out say, physically. I would say, Do you have a mailbox here? He has a mailbox. And I would go and I would sit there and put them in all the little Oh, yeah, because it's only $240. Right. And I would just do that all day. Oh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, And then, like, every 14 weeks, someone would call me, like, I found one of these flyers in my mail. I don't check. I love making every every bagel myself. That's what I do. I make every bagel myself. It, it saves so much money. You would have to pay people to make the bagels. But I personally make every bagel, Steve. That's what I do. Oswald's Bagels. When you come to Oswald's, Oswald personally makes it. And I'm Oswald, and that's Oswald's Bagels. I only make three of them. <laughs> I day. only make three, but they are some good three bagels. I mean, so um, there's an entrepreneur out there listening right now who's going, what do I do is I print all of my print pieces myself. Now, to avoid the printing costs, I personally draw them. Right. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> on an etching sketch. And then I take a picture with my smartphone. So the time management it. just wasn't there for you. No. So it didn't manage time very well. If you're listening right now, get out to our next in-person Thrive Time workshop. You know, we're going to teach you the system that Lee Cockerell created. Who's Lee Cockerell? Lee Cockerell is the former executive vice president of Walt Disney World Resorts and a Thrive 15 partner. And kind of a big deal. He wrote that book called Creating Magic. He did. Great book. uh, You know, he's managed 40,000 people. We're going to teach you the PR system, the public relations system that, check this funny story out. You know the guy who did the PR for George Bush? You know, his name is Michael Levine. Yeah. And you know the guy who did the PR for Bill Clinton is Michael Levine. Yeah, right. I thought they were on different parties. I mean, but anyway, so Michael Levine did the PR for uh, Pizza Hut, for Nike, and he teaches classes on Thrive15.com. We teach you his system at our workshop. If you want to go deep into PR, I'll teach you. Move number two, ask ask yourself, does your marketing inspire confidence? Oh, no, Steve. Oh, no. Talk to me. What The Thrivers, there's somebody out there listening right now. Uh, Well, actually, you're not listening. You're listening for a friend. Right. There's a friend of yours. I'm only here for my friend. I'm here for my friend, and my friend... My friend has a question. He has a question, and he wants to know, um, if his website looks bad, um, what would you do if he were him? Because I am not him, but his his website is so bad. His website is just so bad, and his business cards are bad, and I don't even like the way my 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 webs, my webs any of my print pieces look. I mean, my friend's print... 
pieces. Um, Steve, I mean, talk to me about the importance of asking yourself, does your marketing inspire confidence? Well, another thing that I did, I got the same place I got my four by six flyers printed. I got my business cards printed, and I, I have kept. You know, uh, Daryl Baskin. We talked about a minute ago. Kind of inspired me on this. Doesn't Daryl have like seventy five kids? Yeah, lots of them. Well, we, real quick, up, how long? How long have people called him Never Sterile Daryl? <laughs> right, I know. I'm going to text, I mean, text him. How many right kids does he have? Yeah, he, has, he has seven. Teen? No. Excuse me. He has eight, but seven are adopted. Okay. I, I just, I, 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 I might so, have, I bought into the rumor game. Right. I, 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 I might have just read too much stuff on like page seven right. of, uh, yeah. of, of, of Facebook or the Google. I love pictures of cats. I always go on Facebook. But I thought he had 18 kids. Yeah, no, he doesn't have 18. He, I has, think eight. he has eight. I think he has eight. Sorry. So, Sorry, Daryl. Yeah, so Daryl... Uh, like keeps mementos and stuff because he's like the technology guy, right? So I thought this was he's cool. a technology guy. So it's like the future of real estate. So oh, I started yeah. saving all my marketing. Nice. So I have a little cabinet at my office. You open it up and it's like my business card from five, six, oh, seven years nice. ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. I got this marketing piece, this and that, and I'll tell you what. Chicken butt. It did not inspire confidence. I mean, at the time, I thought this it, is the, it was goods. hot, baby. I mean, <laughs> you remember back in the day when you had a perm. Right. I mean, Steve, did you ever have a mullet? I, no, I never had a mullet, but I did like around like sixth or seventh grade. I did this little like thing at the front. Yeah, it's like you know those embarrassing pics from when you're in junior high. Now, let me tell you the move I did. You know, remember remember Vanilla Ice? Oh yeah, he shaved lines in his eyebrows. Oh, you didn't? I did. Nice. No, I rocked it. Did they grow back? Yeah, dude. I, I no, rocked it. I think it. I still see lines in them. I rocked it. You know, I also I, I had hoop earrings. The, the holes are still here. You can kind of see the holes, but the uh, earrings are not. And I, I'll just say, Thrive Nation, you got to just be aware of what your marketing is saying about you. Now, the next question I want to ask, this is from page 113 of the Thrive book here, is what are you putting in your head? What data? What books? What people, what advice, what mentorship are you putting in your head? So to illustrate what I'm talking about, I'm now going to give you a list of names, and I want you to marinate rotisserie style on these names for a minute. Here we go. Abraham Lincoln, Henry Ford, Walt Disney, Milton Hershey, Milton Hershey, H.J. Hines, George Foreman, Donald Trump, Steve Martin, Conrad Hilton, Ryan Tedder. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how each one of these people achieved success. And then Steve's going to kind of break it down and go, you know what? I kind of went through some of that. I, I've seen that happen. Because I, I, I think so many people want to be successful. They, they want to be the top entrepreneur. But they right. never think about what is it that the top entrepreneurs did. And as your business coach, I want to make sure that you have proper context and you understand the hell the agony, the defeat, the trials, the tribulations, the pushback, the rejections, the obstacles, the, the struggles that the top entrepreneurs went through. My name is Clay Clark. I am your business coach. I am a writer for the Forbes Coaches Council. I'm the father of five human kids, and you're listening to the Thrive Time Business Coach radio show. To my left is Steve Currington, the man with the plan. Steve, what's your website, man? What's your website? SteveCurrington.com. And thank you for filling in for Dr. Robert Zellner, who's not a business coach. But he could be if he wanted to. He's kind of a big deal. But stay tuned. It's the Thrive Time Show on your radio. I want to be a billionaire so freaking bad. 
by all of the things I never had. I wanna be on the cover of Forbes magazine, smiling next to Oprah and the Queen. You know, Steve, I've never actually been on the cover of Forbes magazine, but you know that Thrive, that the Thrive 15 team and uh, uh, myself, we've been actually featured in Forbes now. Uh, I think it's seven times. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah. I think it was I think we just hit seven today. So. I've been featured on Facebook seven times. You know, you know, you are kind of a Facebook legend. You have sort of a well, if anybody is listening right now who's not maybe aware of what we're talking about today, we're talking about entrepreneurship, what it is and what it isn't. And one of the things it is is it's very consistent. To be successful, you have to be very consistent. And Steve Currington, so many people will ask me, why does he how does he get so many people to like his videos? How does he do it? Steve Educate. One, there's a consistency a aspect of it. Right. And two, there's the authenticity. But walk us through the consistency, the authenticity, and any other tips you'd have to be successful as an entrepreneur in the world of social media. The, the best advice I ever got, ever, ever, ever from my coach was just be who you are. And I think a lot of people try to be what they think people want them to be, which is kind of boring. So whether you like me or not, you know, I, here's my philosophy. You know, 50% of people are just not going to like you. They just aren't. Well, they, you know what I mean? They won't like you. So just be who you are and be authentic and don't try to, you know, people know when you're putting on an act. And so I am naturally just dumb. And when I get on Facebook and do videos, people realize, oh, my gosh, he really is dumb. And so part of my thing is, too, Clay, is I like to try to bring some humor into the mortgage process. It's like my thing because it's a stressful deal and some people don't like that because they're like, it's a serious thing and you, you can't be laughing. This is serious. But I think a lot of my customers and the people that uh, have done business with me or referral partners enjoy that fun aspect that we bring to it. But it's just you got to be who you are. You, you know? know what I'm going to do? When we come back from our next segment, I'm going to play Be As You Are by Mike Posner, one of our listeners and a great, great guy out there, great entrepreneur, songwriter for Justin Bieber, songwriter for Labyrinth, songwriter for uh, Maroon 5. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that song, uh, 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 Sugar. Yeah. Sugar, you're so sweet. You remember that song? No, probably oh, yeah. not. Okay. But he, he writes all that stuff. That's what he does. And so we'll, we'll play his song, Be As You Are, which is all about being yourself. And I love the song. Great song. But we're talking right now about what an entrepreneurship is and what, what an entrepreneur is and what it isn't. And I'm going to give you some examples. So here's Abraham Lincoln. This is Abraham Lincoln. This is the Abraham Lincoln story, okay? This guy battled depression his whole life. This man went into bankruptcy and lost it all. Did you know that? Oh, no, I did not This know guy that. became a lawyer without going to school. He was self-taught. This guy's fiance died. This guy lost more elections than he won. You know, at one point, this guy had such, such a convic conviction in his belief that he decided that slaves should be free when over 50% of Americans disagreed with him. He actually ran for office and pretended to not be against slavery so he could win and then enacted all the laws. Right, yeah. I mean, this guy, I'm telling you. That's awesome. At one point, now check it out there. This guy, everybody in the country disagreed with the guy. This man knew that his decision to free the slaves would cause America to plunge into a civil war. This man experienced so many setbacks, he had no choice but to begin viewing each, set, each setback as a stepping stone to get him from where he was to where he wanted to be. Talk to me, Steve. Educate us. For everybody who's listening right now, is like, you don't understand the setbacks I've gone through. Because you don't understand. I, I am, you know, I, I've been through some things. Right. I mean, what, what, what would you say? Maybe from firsthand experience or from having seen other entrepreneurs? 
Well, those people out there that know me will know that uh, I've experienced some setbacks too, and everybody does. So here's what I would tell you. Suck it up, Buttercup. I mean, everybody's got setbacks. Everybody has problems. Here's the answer, though, Clay. Mm. How quick can you get up? That's the question. Is a lot of people they they the they have the they, they call it the mully grubs and they can't help it. So they're like they feel sorry for themselves and they want everybody else to feel sorry for themselves for them. And then they're like, oh look, all these bad things that happened to me. And at the end of the day, no one cares. No one cares. Why does nobody care? Because they have their own lives to deal with and their own stuff to worry about and their own families to provide for and all that other stuff. So you just have to get up faster, get back on that horse. Get back on the train. Whatever it is that you got to get back on, get back on it, and just and go because everybody experiences setbacks just like Abraham Lincoln did. The difference is, is how you respond to it because this is what Dr. G always told me. Who's Dr. G? Dr. Green, my business coach, long time. Uh, he was the dean of the school of business at ORU, you know, the school you went to. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, after you went. I got asked but to he leave said, there. Yeah. Your response determines your destiny. So how you respond to a setback determines where you're going to end up. Now, Henry Ford, this is what he went through. This man decided to start an automobile company and then lost it all. He picked himself up and started his company again. This man tried to introduce his new vehicle into the market at a time when the current laws prohibited. Do you understand the laws made it illegal for him to introduce the automobile? And he was like, I'm going to do it anyway. Somebody had a patent on the concept of the automobile. This crazy dude then decided to build his vehicle and begin selling it before he was legally permitted to doing so. This man was so filled with a passionate belief about his vehicle that was going to change the world that he would not let even legislation, the law, stop him. In order to win public support for opening up the automobile industry to competition, he challenged the nation's automobile monopoly to a race. Did you know this, Steve? To a race. Didn't know this. He, the, the company who made it illegal for him to make the automobile because they had a monopoly, he challenged them to a race. And who, and, and who did he think should be racing the vehicle but himself with no experience racing vehicles? So he drove the vehicle himself in a showdown versus the best race car driver out there. And guess what? He won. Right. And that's why Ford Motors is even around. He started selling cars before it was legal, and then he finally ended up winning over public support. It kind of sounds like Uber, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they just said, figure it out and come get me. So Some people might just say, well, find me. Kind of sounds like YouTube. Or YouTube. I mean, you know YouTube? Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, man, is that legal? They just did it. Right. Kind of sounds like Apple started in a garage. Right. You know, I don't, Steve, I heard you have to have like a, a permit. And commercial insurance and a lot of things to you know have a business, but they are actually operating in the garage. Well, a lot of people get caught up in, you know, they have to have like all their stuff. It's like oh, I gotta have this and that, and then they that. get it. They they get it, and, and then they're like they don't sell anything. Oh, so like figure out if you can sell something maybe first. Oh. and then and then do all the details. Now so Walt Disney Thrive Nation. Walt Disney. When I hear the way when I hear the name Walt Disney, I think of the military ambulance driver who decided to turn his ambulance into a canvas. For cartoons. When I think of Walt Disney, I think of the animator who started a studio that failed. Steve, when I think of Walt Disney, I think of a man who had the courage of his belief to actually ask his friends and family and outside investors for more money after he failed the first time. Are you kidding me? You mean he went to all the people he'd already asked for money? They gave him money. He lost, he lost their money. And then he says, hey, guys, I'm back. I got this new idea, man. I want to start this new business. And uh, I know I just lost half of your life savings. Half of the life savings. But here's the other half left. is still yeah. available. Yeah. So I think of a man who overcame 
The sorrow when he discovered that his home had a gas leak and he tried to fix it himself and he accidentally killed his mom. Did you know that? He oh. killed one of his parents. Walt Disney? Yeah, accidentally. Wow. Didn't and know that. This is a guy who pushed through struggle. And if you're listening right now and you think the top entrepreneurs didn't push through struggle, then you, my friend, are living in a bubble. We're here to help you. It's the Thrive Time Business Coach Radio Show, but we can't help you if we don't see you. So go to thrivetimeshow.com and book your tickets for the next in-person Thrive Time workshop. It's a game changer. And I'm telling you, financially, you will be in an entirely different situation if you just implement the moves that we teach you at our next in-person two-day Thrive Time Business Coach Workshop. We'll see you after the break. But in the meantime, go to Oklahoma Joe's and get yourself some baked beans. Baby, baby. For radio and not TV, talking everything from clay to Z. Auto auctions, banks, haircuts, and glasses. If you wanna sell it, we've already sold it to the masses. No classes or prerequisites. Just business school as raw as it gets. Practical skills, no student debt. Z joins Clay when he's not up in a jet. And now, more from the man who loves algebra so much, he took it three times. All right, Thrive Nation, welcome back to the Thrive Time Show on your radio. My name is Clay Clark, America's number one and most humble business coach. My entire focus, my entire passion, my entire uh, vision, my dream, my being, I know that this is what God wants me to do, and I mean that sincerely. I know that I am here to help you grow that business. That's what I'm supposed to do. And if we can have some fun along the way, I'm okay with that too. But Steve, so many people ask us all the time, they say, what's it like being an entrepreneur? I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I mean, how do you do it? And so we're talking today about what is an entrepreneur and what is not an entrepreneur. I mean, talking about what is a successful entrepreneur versus what is not a successful entrepreneur. We get, to, we get a chance to see Dr. Zellner in person, you know, on the show every day. Right. But for people who don't get to see him or get a chance to see real entrepreneurs every day, maybe you don't. You're maybe not aware of these stories. Maybe you're not putting these kind of to these types of stories, these autobiographies, these success stories in your brain. Uh, and so we're going to break it down here for you. So I'm going to give you another example here. Steve Martin, obviously known now as the guy who's stand-up comedian on uh, page 119 of the Thrive Book. Here, he's also the guy who wrote The Father, of The Bride. He starred in the movie. Um, he says, I'm a wild and crazy guy. You know, he wore the king tut. Uh, he wore the, the white, the wild white suits. Um, Steve Martin, okay? But, well, Steve Martin, if you think about Steve Martin, if I think about Steve Martin, I think about a guy who wanted to be a musician. Who wanted to be a, a, a musician. He wanted to be a comedian. He wanted to be a, a, a magician. But he lacked the talent to do it. And I think of a man who decided to plunge himself into the process, a man who was so persistent that he's, uh, he understood Though even though he might fail over and over in the short term, this crazy guy performed a comedy routine that he himself was that, that thought was not very funny. But he began to incorporate music and magic into it. And night after night, he performed over and over and over for years, Steve, until finally his routine began 
to work. I mean, here's a guy who grinded. Steve Martin took years. You can watch right the, you, you can watch the Oprah Winfrey Masterclass. You can pay a hundred bucks to watch it. But Steve Martin explains that. But Steve, your overnight success as the mortgage king of Tulsa didn't come overnight. How long did you have to kind of struggle and, and work and, and grind before you actually started to you know make some money? Was it a couple weeks, a couple years? I mean, how long did it take before you finally before you finally started to make some money? Well, to make I made a living for a long time and did, did okay, but it took me until, you know, about my fourth or fifth year in the business before I actually just started really cranking. So four or five years. Oh, yeah. It take, takes a minute. And, you know, oddly enough, after I got a business coach, <laughs> so I started getting better because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a pretty savvy dude, but, you know, everybody needs a little bit of a – nobody wants it. Everybody needs a little accountability, you know. Yeah, so I, I, I got that. And that's what that's what uh, Doctor Z and I have together. I mean, he's a guy who pushes me to be my best, and he, um, I I know a lot of the technical, a lot of the details. I mean, if you're listening right now and you have a big vision, but you need somebody who knows the technical details of what to do, you need someone who just can show you a proven path. I'm your guy, right? But Z is a great vision caster. He just has these big visions, these big ambitions, and uh, we joke about it. Jo- joke joke about it a lot. We always say, you know, that he's he's here when, with us when he's not uh, traveling around in a jet somewhere. But that is that, that's true. Uh, he is here, uh, but he also loves to travel. He's he's built very successful companies, and he's been my mentor. Uh, hopefully, Thrive Nation. He can be your mentor too. But we can't help you unless we get to know you. We can't help you unless we get to see you, and that's why we would encourage you to get out to our next in-person Thrive Time Show workshop. You know, we've been sold out for June, but for July, I would love to see you here because it's going to be full, it's going to be festive, it is going to be on point. You're going to love it. And Steve, how would you describe the delivery of the workshop? Because so many people have said, ah, oh, man, it's two days 15 hours. I hear some speakers and like it where 30 minutes in, I'm out. I mean, how is this different? Because you've been to a lot of workshops and some, by the way, that were awesome and right. some that are terrible. How does the Thrive Time workshop experience, how does it feel as an attendee? Well, I think there's a difference between um, a lot of energy and excitement with no meat, right? With Ooh. nothing there that you're taking away. Just a lot of, whoo, yeah, I feel good. Ooh, yeah, get that beach ball. Somebody pass me the beach ball. Oh, right. Crank up that music. So I think you get a lot of meat, and then you get a lot. I mean, if you like listening to Clay on the radio, then maybe you'll enjoy him in person. He's a pretty funny guy. Uh, his delivery's pretty good uh, sometimes. And then uh, you'll laugh. Why do you say sometimes? <laughs> I just feel like it was kind of a backhanded, like a backhanded, you know, kind of backhanded compliment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Steve, some, Steve Carrington is a good guy sometimes. <laughs> right. He does a good job on mortgages There sometimes. are sometimes he's a good guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Sometimes he'll no, do a good it, job I think the, the conferences uh-huh. are fun. I think you make them fun and, and engaging, and then there's breaks, and you know the cognitive load's 15 minutes. So you Most people can only handle about 15 minutes before they have to laugh or be engaged or they can ask a question. and they, they can, You can ask any question you want. There's no bad questions. You got to sit at a desk. You're not crammed into a, 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 like a conference hall. But, Steve, you said something that was profound, so profound, that I want to cue up some music for my good friend Mike Posner here. I want, you to, I want the Thrivers to listen to this song. But you said that on social media, you just have to be as you are. Be yourself. Yeah, be who you are. And uh, Mike Posner is an author, a, a, a poet, a songwriter for Justin Bieber, for a Labyrinth, for Maroon 5. He's a great guy. And uh, his new new album, I encourage everybody, everybody, do it before tomorrow. Listen to his album, At Night Alone. Because there he talks about, 
here he is a pop artist. He's written numerous songs that are top 40 songs, and he decided here, you know what, since my fame at Duke, uh, since the record deal, since writing songs, since being asked to write songs by Jay-Z, since the top of the top, I now want to switch it up and write songs that mean something to me. He wants to write some. Mike Posner's wanting to write songs that mean something to himself. And when you make enough money, you now can do that. When you have the financial freedom, you can kind of dress more like you want to dress, right. act like more how you want to act. And he wrote this song called Be As You Are. And I want you to listen to the lyrics, and then we'll break it down. I'm going to have Steve kind of break down the lyrics. We're going to play the first you know, verse of the song. Let's listen to it, and then Steve's going to break it down. So one, two, three, hit it. Here we go. Virginia Woolf and poetry, no one seemed to notice me Being young was getting so old Cheap beer and cigarettes, life was like a movie set And I seemed to be given no role But in times of trouble I can turn to my mother And I know that she gon' understand So at age 18 I cried to my mother And she told me, young man There are moments when you fall to the you are stronger than you feel you are now You don't always have to speak so loud No, just be as you are and Life is not always a comfortable Now, ride. he's talking about how he finally at this he, he said getting young, you know, being young was getting so old You know, traveling all around the world Doing songs with Avicii and Justin Bieber And that whole club scene Was kind of getting old And he wanted to change it up And... He, you know, life, it seemed like people weren't okay with that. He had to change his friends. And if you, if you listen to the rest of the song, he begins to talk about that. But Steve, what are things that you do that are examples of you being as you are, being who you are, that maybe you can do now, you can afford to financially do it, but that just unnerve people? <laughs> well, you know, buy and drive expensive cars, uh, like, you know. Hectically around town. Your platinum pants? Uh, platinum pants. <laughs> gold shoes. Your gold shoes. I got the gold shoes for kids program going on in the Clark household. Yeah, basically, if you buy a mortgage, he'll buy a pair of gold shoes for my kids. Right. <laughs> Every And he has so many kids that I literally have to, like, you know, he said Baskin has a lot of kids. I had to, like, mortgage my house to buy gold shoes for the Clark family. Now, Thrive Nation, we, we encourage you to be as you are. We want you to self-actualize, to be the most successful that you can be. And so we have four tools for you. And when you master these four tools, you'll be able to set fire to the rain. You'll be able to do the impossible. You'll be able to achieve those goals. You're going to be able to do the things that people only dream about. You, This is your year. This is your day. This is your time to finally turn the dream into reality. And you can't do it if you don't come to our next in-person workshop. So go to thrivetimeshow.com, book your tickets for our next in-person workshop, or go to thrivetimeshow.com and sign up for our podcast. This just in, it's free. You mean free? It's free. It's free. That sounds like, wow, free. It's free. Third, third, go to thrive15.com and sign up for the world's most affordable business school. It's a dollar. One buck. One dollar. One. A doll hair? No, a dollar. Final. A doll hair? No, a dollar. A doll hair? That's so a weird. Circle. The, fi- <laughs> the final thing you can do is you can go to thrivetime- thrivetimeshow.com and sign up for the one-on-one business coach experience. My name's Clay Clark. Thank you for helping us set fire to the rain today. And Steve, as a business coach and a uh, humble American and a guy who's trying to fill the shoes of Dr. Robert Zellner, 
We have to end with a countdown, my friend. We have to end with a three, two, one oh, yeah. business coach we countdown. We, we can't we can't shortchange the listeners. Here Let's we go. Short it. And three, two, one, boom! boom.